Hello people, I've got Chris Parks on the podcast today. He's a practicing druid, he's an artist, a musician, a storyteller, a songwriter, he's many things, he really is. He's a multi-instrumentalist. I think he specializes in pipes, whistles and flutes and various strings. He is a man that has many sides to him. The more I spend time with him, the more I learn that and learn that He's a student. He's also got so much wisdom. And that's why I wanted to get him on. I wanted to learn a bit more about this man and why he finds himself in the places that he does and the gatherings that he does and why Druidry has really pulled him in closer to himself and the spaces that he now conducts ceremonies in. So it was a beautiful conversation. I really respected Chris's honesty, his lack of holding anything back. And it was a challenging conversation to me in moments. And I've been really sitting with why, why did it leave a lingering question around my mind, around why Chris wanted to actually have the conversation. Because as we speak about the very fact that we're having the conversation and broadcasting it to many people also pulls people away from the now. And I, I sit with this quite a lot. And maybe that's why it's left a taste in my mouth. Maybe it's why. It was beautiful the way Chris spoke to it. And I'd love to know what you think. In my endeavour to speak to the values always of the podcast and bring people authentic conversations that aren't always easy and comfortable. That is my intention, always. It's to bring people closer to themselves. And if I'm not doing that, then the podcast is failing. So it's a pleasure to put this out there and know that I don't have all the answers and just really be humble enough to admit that and know that I'm just guided by something way bigger than me but always tuning into what's true for me i know you listening to this already have the answers within you this has never been a podcast about telling people what to do how to live how to be it's an invitation and it's guiding myself mainly back to me and inviting other people to sit to converse in this way and knowingly that will impact others. So it really is that, it's that invitation back to deepen this connection to ourselves and to this experience of life. It's not always easy to face when I'm constantly spending most of my time producing content, producing video, producing clips, producing snippets for a social media, which is, yeah, it's, it's capturing a lot of our attention. It's a big conversation. We dive into a little bit of it, get Chris's thoughts and also the things that are meaningful to him. And there's a lot we can learn from it. I know that. And uh, it's a dichotomy between the world that we exist in now, which on one hand is certainly pulling us away from the moment, which is all we ever have. But then also, which I speak to, is bringing us back into connection with each other using a system 
that we can create using story, using these conversations to invite us in to further inquire into our own state. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you listening to this intro of a lovely conversation with Chris Parks. I also may add he's a beekeeper, a very passionate one. He's got some books in the making and he shares some things at the end of the podcast of where you can find him and what his year looks like. Now over to the sponsors that keep this podcast going, but also an invitation for you. If you are getting value from this podcast, then please take a moment to consider joining the community from as little as £3 a month. You can be a part of the conversation. You can join a WhatsApp group. You can say yes to monthly calls that we will be having throughout the year and being a part of the moving organism, which is the podcast. I've got some events coming up this year, April, June, late August. These are immersions for men to get closer to their purpose and translate that pain that we all feel day to day, week to week, year to year, whatever it might be, the pain that resides that if we don't turn and face and translate it into our purpose, then it may rule the day. It may be the very thing that's getting in the way of being all we can be this year. And sometimes making a decision is the hardest part. And then being present to the experience is the next step. So that's an invitation for you if you're a man or you know of one that is looking for a powerful transformational space to get closer to themselves in a held circle. It's really an invitation to come back into circle with other men who are as passionate about you winning as they are about them. Applications are open. Please visit the website. Links in the description. That's enough from me. Enjoy the podcast. Over to the sponsors. Are you a coffee drinker? I am. I love it. It's one of the best things of my day. I love looking forward to sitting down with that warm brew. And I often use it to dive into some work or facilitate focus or connection with someone I share it with. So surely... I should be prioritizing the best kind of coffee. And since I transitioned to Exhale, a lot has changed. All coffee, as we know, is not created equal. It's in fact one of the most sprayed crops in the world and has been renowned to be full of mycotoxins. But as I said, I think we all know that, right? My good friend Alex in 2020 set out to make the world's healthiest coffee without compromising on taste and sustainability. He dived into all the science and actually found that is such an amazing superfood. They prioritize farming, sourcing, roasting. It's organic, it's speciality grade, freshly roasted and ground, lab tested over nine times and tested for and free from molds, yeast, heavy metals, packed full of antioxidants and polyphenols, which have been linked to reduce inflammation, heart disease and boost brain function. If that's not enough to convince you to try Exhale, let me just add, they are B Corp and members of the Soil Association. They have an impressive blog, weekly newsletter that they pack loads of useful health-related tips into. Go check them out. Link is in the description. What are you waiting for? Go, go, go. Use code CGP or click the link in the description for £10 off your first bag on a full flexible subscription. You can cancel any time if you don't notice the difference. 450 bags of coffee, 30 cups for just £8. Beautiful. 
So the further we get away from nature and what's natural, the more disease, illness that occurs. I'm sure you'd agree this is no different when thinking about your feet, which we often don't think about. What are we putting our feet into? They are the only thing that's connected to the ground at all times. They affect balance, posture, strength, mobility, all of the above. Now, preventing your risk of injury might be exposing your feet to varieties of different ground, different surfaces. Now, we do this in the gym. We stress our bodies to adapt. It's the same process when you think about your feet. And if you care about your health, you'll definitely try some Wild Soul Sandals. Yes, more friends of the podcast. Tom and James started this company last year. They have handcrafted some of the world's finest sandals. UK produced from animal-friendly materials and shipped in recycled and plastic-free packaging. Now, I could talk about the benefits of footwear all day. These are close to as being barefoot as possible. I don't know anything else I would put on my feet that I would wear to so many different occasions. Wear them in the warmth, in the cold, and it allows your feet to breathe. Like They are the closest thing you can get to bare feet. Now, of course, you might have heard of Vivo Barefoot, but they're nowhere near being barefoot. These are Wild Soul sandals, and they are the closest thing you can get to being barefoot when you're not barefoot wear wild sole sandals they have a zero drop sole that is thin and flexible to allow your feet to truly feel the ground beneath you like millions of years of evolution wants you to for form and function you can actually select the size of the thickness of the sandal on the website and the biggest functional difference between these and a standard pair of flip-flops not that they should even be compared but the adjustable straps hold your feet secure so your toes don't have to constantly grip part of the sole the wide toe box and lack of constraint allows your feet to expand as much as they need to when you put weight on them. I know Tom hasn't taken his off for the last two years. He's never worn anything else. Use code CDP10 at checkout for 10% off. All the links in the description. Go get yourself a pair. It will change your life. At Medicine Festival, when you opened, I remember you saying, <laughs> before any work can be done, we must have peace. Oh, yeah. I'd love to understand why. Oh, well, that's for you to uh, understand, isn't it? Like, you know, like peace is a, is a symbol in a way. Mm. Is it? And, and it's a tradition. It's a Druidic tradition. Ceremonies begin with a question, and sometimes even, is it peace? Do we have peace right now here? Mm. And let us ask ourselves, are we at peace? And, you know, are, are you and I quarreling? Mm. And, you know, do we have any beef or bones to pick? Chips on our shoulders, thorns in our sides, hidden agendas, all those things. Yeah. Is there peace? And then their peace is kind of called it's called a call for peace but that that call for peace begins with a with a statement saying let us call for peace for without peace no work can be mm -hmm. and it's a way of grounding cleansing finding that heart space that sort of just little moment of grace then to, to then sort of you know leave all disturbing thoughts and stuff aside just for just for the for the moment to then step into a more sort of ceremonial space, I suppose. Yeah, it, it makes me, it makes me feel 
we can't have world peace as long as people are at war with themselves. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of has the same yeah. flavor to yeah. it. Well, I mean, can we have world peace? Who knows? You know, but but we strive for it. You know, it's the most yeah. ancient wish. And you know, even the most peaceful person, you know, on one level, their whole immune system is at war with all the alien substances that are coming into contact with the mm. organism you know so there's you know, there's it's many many rest. layers of what peace is aren't there and peace of mind you know peace could mean no war <sighs> peace could mean calm could mean silence could mean many different mm. things and i like the invitation there it's the yeah it's, it's the question the to question, inquire yeah. into what does that even look like right now and it allows you to mm. come into the moment to, to experience okay is yeah. there peace here yeah and also, you know, helps you consider the gratitude for, you know, art being present and the ability to be able to talk about whatever we want to talk about and the freedom of expression, creativity, uh, you know, wars are. Uh, but the gratitude for us right now is that wars are distant. You know, you have children on a sofa, you know, fed and clothed. Uh, we have a roof above our heads and, and, a, and a immediate rumblings of the mechanisms of war right outside the door you know sort of touch wood <laughs> uh that's mm. happening right now so there's a gratitude for peace but also the, the the call for peace then is like a prayer for peace as well you know like we call for peace in the north and then uh, the person moves to the south calls for peace in the south it comes from an old welsh prayer originally you know, uh, a lot of the old gorseths as we say in the druidic tradition mm. the gatherings of bards were originally uh, sort of formed in a Welsh ceremony mm -hmm. during the reformation of the Druidic uh, sort of gatherings and then peace is called in the west and in, in the east so one enters through the west and sort of goes around the central altar which might be a fire could be anything and then ends up in the east making it sort of circle is crossed with this kind of declaration proclamation affirmation mm that we have peace and there's a sort of stillness that you know is, is you know words are powerful things aren't they especially in ceremony they may be thrice as powerful as they normally are mm -hmm. because we're, we're sort of we're hoping for something aren't we in a ceremony there's a kind of anticipation of or letting go of everyday concerns and what we're going to have for lunch and whether there's enough fuel in the car whatever you know whatever all those things and uh so there's a invitation to be peaceful and uh but also a prayer to the world you know uh, and however you whatever your mindset you know, there's, there's there's something in a wish and in a prayer whether you're a scientist or a sorcerer or whatever your faith or folly mm -hmm. i think people just there's something in it isn't there mm has -hmm. <laughs> ceremony been a part of your life since you can remember no no it hasn't not really wow I mean, you had a birthday has. right is that kind of a ceremony <laughs> yeah it was a ritual I guess it is yeah ceremony is it's interesting it's I was, a cup of tea I was thinking having it, breakfast yeah. I was thinking this on the way I was like what ceremonies did I really grow up in and it's the ceremony mm. around blowing the candles out on your birthday cake yeah and I was thinking well if anyone blew the candles out before the song was sung mm. it would be rude it would be like unlucky, jarring yeah. unlucky yeah. well it would be unlucky if you speak <laughs> the wish so that's yeah, kind of also yeah, a part yeah. of like mm. a ceremony that I was definitely a part of growing up and no one really knows why, mm -hmm. you know, it's just something we do. And, and that comes yeah. on to the perspectives that we have about certain things. 
mm-hmm. and it go on that are just indoctrinated or conditioned to be away. Yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting. I was thinking of that on the way. So, yeah. so ceremony, t- tell us about your kind of, yeah, back in the day yeah. and what was it like growing up for you? I'd love to know a bit more about your story. My parents weren't really religious and my grandparents weren't noticeably religious. I think the most religious person I knew growing up was my dad's aunt. She had a Bible, you know, and we didn't see her that often, but mm-hmm. my dad would tell us, you know, she's a Christian sort of thing. So we sort of, when we'd be around her, we knew that she was religious. And we hardly went to church. Uh, I think I went to church two or three times for like a, a sort of Christmas Eve sing song in my childhood and weddings and funerals. So those were the sort of mm-hmm. religious. That was a kind of religious moments, and but every single year, my mother's parents. I spent a lot of time with them. My brother was he had ear problems all through childhood, and he had, so he's in hospital a lot. My mum would stay with him. My dad would be working. I'd go and live with my grandparents, and and I and I think those formative years just gave me that love of wood and brass and 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 mm-hmm. polished floors and organic food and growing and orchards and you know, that kind of that, that older. Yeah. generation I don't know mm. and and my grandfather he was a funny old stick from the Chiltern Hills high up in the in near Penn which is Celtic for head you know it's a big high up place in the Chiltern Hills mm. he all year long he would prepare this bonfire and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the year and coming towards sort of Halloween me and my brother would climb ladders and he'd send us up it to go and sort of trample it down and then on bonfire night, you know, these are the, the most magnificent sort of childhood memories of ceremony. Mm. Every bonfire night we'd go there and it would be lit and it would be, you know, just family there, you know, uncles and, and, and home brews mm-hmm. <laughs> would come out the, the kind of deepest sort of archives of, the, of, the, of his sort of um, cherry smoke flavoured home that had been bubbling away all through the year. And uh, and they'd be drunk around the farm, and we as kids would sort of look at them and and, and sort of grow up around all this old-fashioned stuff, you know, and home produce, mm. and growing his own food. And my Welsh grandmother would be sort of harvesting sort of mushrooms and and uh, and spinning away, and and dyeing clothes and and knitting and making macrame. I mean, there's some you know, old retired folks just doing all these natural things. Mm. Uh, I think we can associate that with our grandparents a lot more than yeah. parents, even my generation. So yeah, it, it, the parents, my parents, baby boomers. It was it was they were busier. They had a lot more going on. Yeah. They they were kind of making their mm. making their earning by working away a lot, mm. and 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 lots of that happened. You go to the grandparents, and they would definitely have a slower pace. Not just because they were older, but they were more kind of in touch with the garden and the and the. The pantry and yeah, they've gone through the sort of war years mm. and perhaps knew the garden out of necessity and growing food and maybe, for sure. Maybe so no, no druidry featured in those years. There were sort of they, they, I mean they weren't religious. So mm. just sort of getting onto is I, I I wasn't initiated. What's the word? Confirmed or christened? Mm-hmm. You know, none of that happened. Uh, so I was so I grew up unshackled from religion, if you like, unshackled from the dogma. Mm-hmm. from the traditions from the ceremonies and 
but we had these folk customs like the, the lighting of the fire and the home brews and all around the orchard there were hanging sort of deer skulls and there were you know, little charms and things about and, and the spinning and the crafts and the, the weaving and the mm -hmm. all of that cultivation uh, and the stories of spirits and ghosts you know that was the kind of like the you know the kind of every religion has a kind of supernatural mystical aspect to it and that would have been you know what soaked into my head as I was growing up you know the kind of the you know the Ouija boards and the, mm. the, the my great-grandfather who was apparently still around you know and could be smelt and heard sometimes and 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 all that sort of stuff you know just sort of, sort of seeped in and people would talk about my grandmother as a, like a Welsh witch and then on my father's side Mm -hmm. They were growers, and um, my grandfather was Scottish, so it was sort of like a Celtic flavour, slightly sort of, you know, with this Celticity sort of seeping in. And I knew that, and we were told about old Scottish ancestors and adventurers and explorers and tartans. And, and when we did go to weddings, there were relatives would come down from Scotland in their in their kilts, and you know, and Uncle Jimmy, who was in the magic circle, would always need to do these magic tricks. And so, and, and there's sort of a and all these old Masonic documents from Scottish engineers. You know, so there's a, there was like a underlying mystical element to my childhood. Mm. And my mother was quite, is sort of quite superstitious and psychic. She had a, she's got like a psychic nature to her. And my father's, you know, just a really good hearted, fair, dependable, uh, good man, you know. And so there's a, there's a sort of, and, uh, but where they bonded, my, my, where my parents bonded was gardening. That's what they would. Mm. That was one of their loves. So it's like a love of nature, in all of that as well. Yeah. And when my brother and I just first went to ever visit, you know, when, every time we'd go up to the orchard, you know, sort of grandparents' orchard, the first thing we'd do was just go for a walk around the orchard and past the, the fox, fox's hole, and climb the cherry trees and up and down the, the ladders and round round the, the wild bit at the bottom and then come back up and then. We'd wander into the house, you know, past the ponds, and yeah, it was a good childhood up in the Chiltern Hills, surrounded by woodland. Sounds like a storybook. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sounds it idyllic. Not, 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 not the perfect childhood, you know. Uh, what were there? But, but um, there were some great moments. I'm, yeah. I'm called to ask: Were any parts of all of that, the mysticism, did any parts of it you reject? Were there any? Because it's often in our teens or as we grow up and mm. we we socialise with other kids. Were there any parts of you looked to look back and, and we're thinking like that's not for me or you know like the kind of the hero's journey of rejecting parts of something that you might not agree with or, or the rebellious nature maybe my parents were quite conventional you know mm -hmm. uh, they were I was going to say smartly dressed then but you know I mean they, yeah they were they did a lot of household cleaning all the time you know mm -hmm. which is great it was a, you know it's a good Good habit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, Absolutely. I think I kind of rejected that a bit. I got okay. to this kind of long-haired, scruffy mode in my life. <laughs> I, think we'll go that I just phase. became, you know, I got really curly hair, and sometimes I'd be sent home from school for just having messy hair. You know, wow. so I kind of, I kind of maybe part of my young self sort of held onto that. I just grew my hair even longer. Uh, a friend of mine gave me like a cassette of like Iron Maiden and Metallica, and isn't it? You know, so, so I got into heavy metal mm -hmm. quite a young age when I first went to secondary school. And then adopted that sort of long-haired, mm, heavy metal sort of persona. 
and then that neatly sort of transferred to acid house <laughs> so it's a long the long-haired metal kid became the long-haired you know acid house devotee if you like in the early sort of acid house days and i was sort of yeah out and about on these different raves at the weekend and and uh, this fringe grew over my face and I got quite introverted I think mm. and why why do you think that was what that? Uh, who knows uh, I had a wildness about me I remember that when I first went to secondary school there was so, something happened I can't remember exactly what it was but uh, I wouldn't say I was a bit of a bully but I was uh, and I know, you know, I was I was small and thin, and I was, you know, wasn't that strong. But people were scared of me because I had a wildness. And my brother was in the year above me, and all his mates were a little bit scared of me because if they, you know, you get you you get you first arrive at secondary school, when you sort of do you run the gauntlet, you sort of, you're in all your new clothes, are a bit ill fitting, and you when it's this first year, you walk down the corridor, and it's an all boys school, and you just get kicked and pushed and 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 you get um, teased and and mm. and bullied, and I just you know, answered back, maybe punched back, you know, that sort of stuff. So people saw that you know, something wild in me or something. Mm. And I just kind of picked that up and ran with it, I think, because it got me some attention or something like that. Yeah, it kind uh, of develops a, yeah. a safety. Yeah. You know, it's a protection. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, so I was put in the rugby team and mm-hmm. and I could run as well. So I was put in, always put in the 100 metres at school. There's a, but uh, but there's this wildness then sort of you know sort of grew around me as this kind of this fringe and I just sort of introverted a bit into the arts and I, that's what I was good at I was good at drawing mm. I was uh, quite creative did you know ended up doing A-levels in physics history and art because that's what I enjoyed and ended up going to art college and uh, so I became this weirdo you know <laughs> but with some sort of yeah meaty respect because I had a little bit of a wild edge you know and, and and people were you know and all the all the you know slightly more intelligent kids than me would be the ones that would be sort of like the kind of um uh i'm thinking of that book um oh, that book where there's that there's that big massive american dude and the, the little kind of smart guy who who's always running the show of mice and men uh-huh. you, know, you know lenny the, and yeah yeah so i was i was a bit like the kind yeah, of yeah 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 you know the, the sort of puppet and then all the smart kids was like chris chris go and go and headbutt that guy over there well you know or, you know or whatever you know and i just go and do it because yeah. it got me some I respect and attention you know very similar story yeah. yeah but also i got respect from the teachers mm. because i was genuinely interested in the arts I was genuinely interested in history and learning mm-hmm. and academic you know and I was bright wasn't that dense but uh, I yeah I did, did get respect from the teachers too especially if you know the, the, I used to hang out hang out on the kind of on the naughty table mm-hmm. but if someone was really naughty I'd, I'd maybe put them in place or something like that and and, and uh, so there was all that going on in my childhood and mm-hmm. then I got into metal and then I got into acid house and then wouldn't fall suddenly in another world but really creative and that all fueled the arts mm-hmm. and I and through the arts I got into magic it's a simple story you know uh, we were encouraged you know as A-level art students to, to think about what art is where does it come from you mm-hmm. know and the first page of those big old art books it's like cave paintings and you're learning about magic and and sympathetic magic and 
shamanistic cultures and all that stuff and I soon realized oh gosh yeah all art all art is magic in mm. essence every single art form yeah casts a spell isn't it mm. and today the kind of the most malicious kind of art form maybe not the most malicious but the, I suppose the most selfish kind of art form is like marketing and advertising sure and it's repetition and sigil and colour and, and rhetoric and all that kind of stuff to control mm. the consumer to do something they wouldn't normally do you know so it's like it's like magic that, that's casting a spell on you to, to spend and, and or or subscribe or do whatever you know so subscribe to this podcast you know this, this mm. is you know and all that sort of stuff it's all Cast some magic. it's all casting a spell isn't it yeah interesting <laughs> so yeah. when you realise this uh how did you use that? Because understanding art and it can be used as magic to get people's yeah. attention or just as you described. Okay, yeah, so th what it helped me do, I suppose, it, it helped me realise that art that's aligned with Mother Nature is not just coming from one's own personal agenda to sell something or, you know, because religions are even, you know, all the, all the art and spells within religion, they're all asking people to subscribe to this particular mindset, yeah. this particular doctrine, aren't they? But but the, the, the traditions that uphold Mother Nature and nature's ways have a, a much vaster uh, taproot yeah. that is not just about me trying to sell this album that I've just recorded or trying to sell this book that I've just written or mm. or trying to do what you know or it's trying not to as eye centric right it's not as yeah yeah so you so, so on one on this sliding scale of magic you've got the kind of the, you know the, this kind of selfish sorcerers on one end you know just self-empowerment and 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 selling this and and maybe economy rules under that or whatever might be ruling that and on the other end you've got the complete devotee on the other end which is you know so this is kind of complete sliding scale of how and who might be working the magic i suppose and mm -hmm. then i guess most artists are somewhere in the middle I don't know, because you, know, you want to sell your work and you want to be successful but you also want to uh, well, I don't know. Whatever you want. What do you want? You know. But what did you want? At the I time? was wanting. Yeah, I was. I was feeling a a great awareness of environmental okay. needs. You know, being born into this clinical light of a highly mechanized world, I soon realised mm. that we all yearn to be maybe through in the nature. You know, look at us now. We're, sur route. we're surrounded by mechanism <laughs> just so that we can, you know. Well, so you can do your job, you know, and people yeah. can listen to this and look at this, you know, uh, and uh, part of that makes me sad. I feel sad about that. Mm. And uh, but then I'm sure I could change your mind. I don't know <laughs> if you could. Really <laughs> interesting. Well, yeah. I think I think where we're at, you could change my mind, but you couldn't change my heart. You know, it's, mm. it would my mind would wander again, and, my, and my, that Beautiful. sadness would come back about this, all this mechanism we surround ourselves with, just to feel like we valid within community in the world of work and occupation and service and all those things you know it's mm -hmm. a, I was so saddened by flying you know as well uh, uh, and and I try not to I hardly fly you know I've made pledges at one point in my youth not to fly and I hardly do it and, and um, but I do drive you know and I eat a bit of meat now and again I'm not the most perfect ethical person in the world mm -hmm. I 
I was going to say, I did end up in a vegan housing cooperative, turning out turning an old dairy farm in Wales into an organic permacultural project. And mm-hmm. um, you know, Roger Hallam was there, and we were uh, Izzy at the time, and an old college friend Merlin, and, and there was this kind of real strong ethic, ethic to be vegan and not to drive, and uh, and maybe I'm sort of slightly scarred from that. <laughs> it was ethically bullied or something you know, but, mm. but but of course the heart says gosh you know every time one flies there's this aviation fuel spilling out of a plane you know one long haul flight to New Zealand and back and you've used more carbon in that one trip than an average African would in their whole lifetime you know and I have a choice you know so, the, so and that saddens me that people maybe don't make that choice and I feel sympathetic to to ones who have family far flung over the world, you know, and the mm-hmm. heartstrings that pull you to different places. I feel sympathetic to like indigenous people who who's might be oppressed by colonialism or, or, or corporate money spinning and then feel the need to fly over the world and, and, and their voice to be heard louder. But I think, you know, and what what really and what really I don't know, this is my axe to grind and and uh, uh, but yeah, I'm saddened by people that sort of fly in Mother Nature's name, if you like, mm-hmm. and perhaps thinking that I don't know, I'm which being is really judgmental pretty, now. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it's but, it's it's good to dive into, right? Yeah, I, that's all I want to talk about. Really, right. is these ideas <laughs> yeah. and and these yeah. these ways that we're living now, and uh-huh. that's like the heart of the podcast. It's mm-hmm. it's to evaluate. And deepen our connection yeah. to Mother Nature. As you, as is you it? Say. Yeah. Is that the nature of this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. Switch off now. Through the <laughs> turn off. Turn off now. Uh, you don't need to listen to Chris. You don't need to listen to me. You just need to get out there. Mother convers- Nature is the primary source, and will teach you everything you ever need to know. This is just this is just distraction. You know, it might help you feel a bit better, but it's ultimately, true. anytime you're looking at a screen, you, you say it that- is not <laughs> nourishing. You know, you might feel nourished in moments, but it's like fucking sugar Most compared to the honey at the screen that's when out they, there when they you know it's it's like boom 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 there's no nourishment mm. in in but we live in, in these this. systems now right you do we we do do we i believe so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i believe we, uh, a lot of us do live in a uh-huh. system that yeah. it's very hard for people to sure they go for a walk outside but a lot of people was it over 90 percent of the country live in urban environments okay so yeah people live in systems yeah. they live in flats they live in like yeah, concrete yeah. jungles which yeah. they S- are systems, quite removed systems are be- can be beautiful you know systems can be organic sure but and and we live in this is a system that we live in most of the time flesh mm-hmm. and blood you know and and I, I guess you don't have to head outdoors to find nature because we've got it in the rhythm of our breathing and our temperature and the sure. know, muscles in whatever state of tension and relaxation it might be in and the heartbeat and the eyes that we can look at so you know uh mm-hmm. i'm always the only time i get to look at someone's eyes when r- i record a podcast is when you record a podcast yeah. <laughs> it's like we have an hour yeah. of yeah yeah devotion of, oh, of eye gazing well, let's just get rid of the mechanism and have a hug and, and we could do some eye gazing <laughs> for and, an hour you'd yeah, be up for and, that and, and and then what how would the kids learn from that you know i mean they model our behavior so much and i maybe you know i'm not on my phone as much as bonnie is who's sat here not on her phone listening to us right now which is great because they're engaged and, and uh, so mm-hmm. yeah I feel even sadder for 
the younger generations absolutely you know and, and you're younger than me and then my children are younger than me and, mm-hmm. and I, you know and they don't have ipads or, or mm-hmm. tv here uh, they do other places but, but you know uh, bonnie's got a phone now and uh, they are so addictive you know i'm addicted to mine i fair yeah. play no hands up you know uh, mm-hmm. if if uh if if i'm here alone and the kids aren't here even when the kids are here you know uh, you know, I try and turn all the notifications off, mm. but in those moments, I just reach the phone. You know, There's and, and a it. good app that I found out yesterday that mm-hmm. makes your smartphone into a basic black and white right. screen, so there's no like yeah. less visuals. Okay. So it's like a, a real basic phone that you mm-hmm. can just add the app on, and it makes it a little bit yeah. simpler and yeah. less less addictive, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. Let's dive into the. Do you, do you not think that this podcast can has the ability to redirect people's attention back to themselves and back to the places which they are? Because okay. it did if that. If this was the last episode, maybe, <laughs> you know, but you're going to want them to, to listen to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next uh-huh. one. All you really need to know is that everything you ever need is in here mm-hmm. and, and right under your feet. And that every time you're looking at a screen, you could be looking in the eyes of one of your children one of your family members one of your pets uh and enjoying the garden you mm-hmm. know there's this lovely old saying a wonderful saying is that uh you know if you want to be and we, we and we could we could even recreate this saying you know if you want to be happy for a minute you know pick up your phone and open that app mm-hmm. if you want to be happy for an hour uh get drunk you know, if you want to be happy for a night, you know, get into bed with someone. If you want to be happy for <laughs> and tickle them. And, and and if you want to be happy for a year, get married. Uh, if you want to be happy for life, uh, get a garden. Uh, and uh, mm. Love that. I said that to some people recently and, and Satish, Satish Kumar was there and he said, oh, oh, I married a gardener, you know, sort of beaming away. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. You know. So you get, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then all those things, apart from the phone, could be there, couldn't they? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Chris. This is just my own I personal genuinely frustration love with technology. what you're saying. And, and, uh, I am so on board with what but you're saying. We're enrolled in it, aren't we? And as you said, we're in these systems and we've all got phones and, sh- sh- and they sure. help us with our work and our yeah, yeah, entertainment. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not sat here going to convince mm-hmm. you that yeah. uh, then fighting for the podcast corner, but it's, I think it's fascinating to dive into that mm-hmm. as a, as a thing it's like well do we really need more podcasts i fight with this i fight with the content creation i fight with like every time that i'm diving into other podcasts to to see how things people Mm -hmm. are doing etc and i'm in that space Mm -hmm. but then i I catch myself in this in this duality of do we need more things i'm just contributing to the thing Mm -hmm. do what i'm not trying to imbue that with what i'm doing but i'm also i'm adding to it i'm 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 adding to already over you know yeah even books even books i went went through a phase of my life where i was like anti-text yeah because even text abstracts us from the world it does so right now you're on a screen all these people that are listening and watching they're 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 abstracted from Mm -hmm. their environment from their sensual Mm -hmm. organic environment sure Uh, and uh wherever they might be that sensual organic environment could just be your own body but you are abstracted from it now into this screen into this into these artificial lights and this artificial sound mm-hmm. um, 
And you know, even books do that. You know, even text does that. Simple text mm -hmm. has been doing that for a long time, which is magic. You know, text and spelling it is ma it's magic, and it's sigils and it, and, it, and it's wonderful stuff. But it's consumed us. And whenever we're in a book, we're not here. You know, we're with the novel in the fantasy world, or we're with the the the, the nonfiction book in the in whatever we might be learning about. And and but we're not here. And and it can be. It can be. You know, I love books, they're great insulation and, and it can be really inspiring. Mm -hmm. But at some point in your life, you know, you've maybe had enough input and you found your unswerving sense of purpose that more than you could ever need in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. And and then, uh, you know, step outside and mm. get on with it. Absolutely. Uh, I think it does create community though. That's what I'm finding and that's what I'm understanding is the common thread essentially in our times yeah. of separation or, or not just separation we cannot be separated only by our words uh -huh. but we are distant from those you you mentioned is what you need to do is look into the eyes of your family and sometimes that sounds easy but it's harder to do yeah. it's harder to be met there mm -hmm. if you haven't got that around you so it's bringing people closer with others who are mm -hmm. ready for that and uh, have understood that that's uh, I see. So we've like mechanized and artificed our way into this mess. So we've got to sort of mechanize our way out of it. Well, like they you said that you, they said the only time you ever look in people's eyes. I mean, I'm sure that's not true, but it's, it's not true. It's but when but you're for doing an hour, yeah, yeah. It's, then yeah. there's a quality Absolutely. engagement here. It's isn't a it? therapeutic yeah. space. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, to really get to know someone. Like, forget yeah. all this. Uh -huh. This is just the yeah the the tools to to get someone in in this position that otherwise mm. wouldn't. Give me yeah. their time. Yeah, and I can I can hear Druid elders now sort of <laughs> tut tut tutting at me. So you know, Chris, you have to accept the spirit of this time. You know, this is the spirit of this time. And I can hear them and see them. You know, they're, they're there. Yeah. And and maybe I don't expect the spirit, or I'm looking to something else, or there's just some, or I don't mm. feel, I don't really feel like I'm of this time somehow. Mm. Growing up, I didn't really feel like I was part of culture. I felt like I was part of the landscape and part of nature. And. uh and it's been part of my personal journey to sort of marry culture and nature and become healthy in that way and sort of socially healthy. Mm. Uh, and I feel like technology, uh, what happened, there was a time when I suddenly found myself, well, I didn't suddenly find myself, I, but I, uh, in an R&H village, living in a community without any, uh, sorry, Bonnie, that's gonna make too much noise, thanks. And and uh, so and I found myself living in Iron Age roundhouses with thatched roofs, wattle and daub, cooking on fires with a community of people, milking goats in the morning, keeping the fires going, grinding wheat into flour, uh, educating kids. Amazing lifestyle, you know. I didn't want to leave and did it for seven weeks. And it, you know, it's a bit like, yeah, living in the past, you know, come on, be here now. But it, it really taught me a lot how comfortable we can be just with what mother nature provides mm -hmm. and what's in a, and it didn't go anywhere for seven weeks didn't get in a car for seven weeks didn't travel anywhere in a machine for seven weeks you know and it's blissful and that's still noisy bonnie <laughs> okay. and uh yeah there's so much i mean i, I i'm so, so I'm why you not... feel like I'm just talking at you now. No, no, not at all. I'm interested. I'd like to know, actually, if this was the last podcast ever, what messages would you like to leave people <laughs> with? <laughs> uh, it's okay, you know, that uh, you know, podcasts are ending and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> screens are all going to be cracked and turned off and discarded in the bin. Mm. And, uh, you know, there'll be... 
there'll be a, 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 a tricky few weeks, but uh, what you're going to get after that is going to be so much more nourishing. Hmm. So much more nourishing. You're going to feel like you've finally come home, you know, because you pick up the phone and it, it delights you and it delights you and, it, and it's sensational and it delights your eyes and it delights your all the different stimulation. It's high stimulation, bright colours, noises, fast pace. And and when you step into that, you know, Iron Age village, ancient indigenous way of being in a circle around a fire and organic food, uh, there'll be, there's less stimulation. Mm. You'll notice all the different shades of grey in the sky on a cloudy day you know you'll be out in the elements all the time you'll never be looking at the world through a window you'll be in the world you always know the wind direction smelling the weather uh, understanding when the fire needs feeding making clothes making food making medicine mm -hmm. making community song dance entertainment everything is in sourced and there's something really empowering and calming about that you know, it was, it was lots of chaos as well. You know, it's not, you know, it's not um, mm, I, idyllic. We do tend to sort of romanticise the past when mm. the present is difficult and try and create it in the future. Uh, but mm. it, but there's a there's something really soothing and and grounding and healing about all of that. And, and there's something, it's it's like that's honey, like that is honey, and technology is sugar. It's really, I find that a really helpful analogy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sugar's like high, sensational. You instantly want some more because it's not nutrition. Mm -hmm. There's no nutrition in it, but it spikes your your heart and your brain chemicals and your gut flora and so on. So you get it and, it be, and it's instantly habit forming. Like technology is instantly habit forming. Where's the honey in your life? That's what I would say. You know, if this is the last podcast ever, then, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's going to be difficult to kind of. Not do you think that's accessible the, to everyone? sugar. Do you think it's accessible? Yes, you it's do. Accessible uh, for everyone you to, and me right now to gr you know? to grow their food, to yeah. to make their clothes. These types of you know the experience that you had for those seven weeks. It's accessible right now. You know, even even uh, even that. I mean that. Yeah, that's cultural. But if we got rid of all this technology now, we could sit down and learn a song together. You know, we could sit down and learn some music 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 together you know we could mm -hmm. we could learn some martial arts we could we, i don't know we could cook together we could make love you know we could do, there's all sorts of stuff that people can do together you know there's just there's so much more nourishing mm -hmm. and organic and available and needs no mechanism whatsoever and it's uh, it's just a matter of um uh, but then you know I love my phone it helps me with work and it gets me out of the house mm -hmm. and into interesting projects and those sure. kind of things but but of course that that would happen you know if this was the last what do you think it's technological gonna, what do you think it's going to take for people to anyway what do you think it's going to take for people to to really value those things again I suppose I guess what's that saying necessity is the mother of invention it's like we're heading for the brick wall and you know, uh, we've sort of taken our foot off the pedal, but we haven't put our feet on the brakes yet. And I don't know if we ever will. You know, we we as as a species, we just consume and consume, and, and 
and theorising and theorising and chat and chat and mm. this is like masturbation in a way isn't it we're here chatting away isn't it great you know we we feel like we know some stuff don't we and we can chat and and chat and chat some more you know and and, and but it's going to affect how i move in the world and, and what is I, it yeah absolutely right it's a reflection it's it's yeah. we're influenced by others we only know ourselves through other people yeah so our environment's important so if i started hanging out with you for a week things yeah. are going to change for me yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see but you're not hanging out with me for a week. You're, you're Maybe they'll have a podcast, and you're listening to a podcast. You know, <laughs> forget the podcast. <laughs> but it's, this is just a conversation, isn't it? It's, it's time with you that I get to understand you more and, and the way you think and yeah. and how yeah. you know that can help me mm-hmm. primarily. Yeah, and then if it helps people, we're gonna have the conversation anyway. Right. Why not allow people to? observe that and, and be a part of it yeah it makes well, sense for me well done Chris there's, there's value I in don't need the work. phrase <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm facetious it, it, I'm facetious not like being devil's advocate but it's um, no, that's but what it's, makes for a great conversation it's and meaty isn't it it's interesting I guess we'll have in these thoughts as well if I, you know if I'm thinking it yeah everyone else is probably thinking it too you know? I'd bet a lot of the com- a lot of the people that listen to the yeah. podcast do yeah. and they're torn also with. I never forget there was a you know I'm involved in this group called the Wisdom Keepers and so I get to meet people from all over the world different indigenous elders and things like that and you know and, and you get to feel a little bit wise you know because you're called a wisdom keeper when mm. or whatever but actually you know you know I feel guilty about that because I know that I'm not that wise and I can act as a fool a lot and uh, so but but through that through that group. Uh, I forget, I can't remember who it was, but I was on this WhatsApp group at some point and someone sent a video and it's a lovely, you know, again, someone's put a lot of technology into it, made a wonderful video and lovely magic spell. But it was, you know, and it really opened my heart to the plight of Amazonian tribes. Mm-hmm. And I had this, this young woman in her feathers and all the tribal get up saying, you know, we are the forest. And I just thought, yeah, you know, we are, we are the phone. You know, we are the the screen that you're looking at now that's what we are right now that's what we are you know and that really made me sad as well and so you know yeah we are the we are the subscription to that app we're the subscription to that phone contract with a we're we're the with this bit of technology with that bit of technology you know and um mm-hmm. do you think there's any- who are you really you know mm-hmm. and why are you really here is this really who you are Thing is a part of it. The we're part of everything that we do right. is a part of it. But there's there's many sides of that question, right? It's the persona mm-hmm. or the innate yeah. spirit that you are. And these are tools. I mean, these are simply tools, aren't they? Yeah. Do you, do you think I've, there's any value? I've got a prejudice. I, I, you know, I am prejudiced, and maybe that's just something I might not get around in this lifetime. I'm prejudiced about the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about the flying that people do, maybe slightly envious of the flying that people do, but I don't. I, but I know that it's not for me anyway, you know. And 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 I have sort of just sunk my feet and immersed and versed myself in this landmass that I'm on, you know, and, and the cultural folklore and the druidic stuff and the native wisdom traditions and music and stories of Britain and you know of course I'm inspired by the cultures and I'm not uh, and I'm not saying this in a sort of xenophobic mm-hmm. slant 
but I think it's, it's but that's just how I've spent my life. I don't know because I've noticed a value in it, and I became a druid. I was initiated into druidry, not not to recreate the past, not to become like an ancient ancient you know druid type person. I was interested in it mm. because it, because it was a a contemporary nature based environmental spirituality. Mm-hmm. And when was this? When were you introduced I to it? I think. I first joined the Order of Bards, Ovates and Druids in the winter of 96, 97, around that time. And before that, I was, there were various other sort of smaller Druidic groups that I was uh, working in, but they, was, they didn't have any, at that time, they didn't have any proficient training. And there were, there were covens and I was trained in, in the craft and witchcraft as well. And, but again, they were quite small groups and when I met the Order of Bards of X and Druids, it was this really creative, vibrant, heart-centered, mm. wise tradition with elders that I respected and had a just had a spirit. It still has a spirit that is gorgeous and uh, strong and ancient. You know, you feel this this big wealth of law and learning and, and support from the spirits of the order and the and the and the and the lineage which sort of goes back, you know, through the Reformation, but also you sense that spiritual route going back as well through time. And yeah, yeah, so it's so that was a wonderful discovery. Mm-hmm. And that's a what's the distinction yeah. between Druids and Bards? What's the so within within this particular tradition, the order of bards, Ovates and druids, and and, mm-hmm. and the kind of mother orders of, of that this, that order, because it grew out of other orders. There are three grades of initiation, uh, so it's an initiatic tradition, which is okay. unique in itself, isn't it? You don't find that often initiatic mm-hmm. traditions. And uh, the first grade is the bardic grade, okay. and. A bard is someone that works with uh, awen or the imass. So these, these are old Celtic words. Mm. That is that flowing spirit of creative power, omniscient poetic force that kind of flows through all things. And the ovate grade is the second grade, and that's more of the kind of healer, uh, witchy, shamanic kind mm. of deeper, darker meteor furrier leafier grade mm-hmm. if you like where the grade of rupture and repair if you like where your whole life can sort of turn to chaos and and you can just go back to the forge and be reborn out the other end or the cauldron mm, just at the grade of the mother and the goddess and and you're sort of tempered in that, that sort of feminine force and then and then you sort of come out of the end of the ovate grade and it, you don't have to go to the druid grade, you don't have to go to the ovate grade, but there's a progression. You can't become an ovate unless you've done the bardic work. Mm-hmm. You do the ovate work, and if you want to, you go into the druid grade, which is more about being in the world, in the eye of the sun, you know, in community, being a priestess, being a priest, being a celebrant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you work through all the sort of druid teachings, and then. Um, and yeah, so it, who sets the standards and allows you to progress within that? In the. Well, you do. Okay, I guess it's I self. Yeah, it's self. Wow, okay. Self progression. You 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 have lessons. They're mm. called guers, uh, which is relates to the word guerez, which means a ray of sunlight. And you work through them, 
and what you put into it is what you get out of it. Mm -hmm. The course is designed so you could go through the biotic grade in a year. You know, you get a package of grass, these, you know, these booklets with uh, some meditations to do, some practical work to do, and and then you these rituals to do and teaching about the wheel of the year and you go through an elemental sort of alchemic process and uh, and in the bardic grade you have a tutor that you can write to and then at the end of the grade you do submit a review and then so you are kind of then if that's yeah. accepted then you you're offered the ovate grade and then through the ovate grade you have a tutor that you write to correspond with mm -hmm. Are there lots of kind of organizations within the Druid in in the UK? Like, yes, this is places? an international order, the Order of Bards. There are many Druid orders yeah. throughout the world. Um, this is, I would say, the biggest and the healthiest okay. of of all of them. And there are, and you could become you could become an initiated into you could become an initiate and never have to meet another Druid. You could do it sort of personally at home, just as a hobby, if you like. But most people, you know, seek community and seek mm -hmm. other people to work with, whether it's a, a stone circle or a, or a local hill fort or, or, or in someone's house. You would, you would uh, normally, most people would find their local grove of druids. So that's, that's the name for a group, a coven, if you like, and uh, or seed groups, which are smaller groves. Mm -hmm. And then there are camps and gatherings that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, in 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 Britain and Europe and America and Australia New Zealand and and it, you know it's quite Celtic flavour so you know uh, it's, it's there are you know people of many different colours within the Druid tradition but mostly they have a Celtic ancestry but some you know of course some some uh, you know in a in in wonderfully blended society we all have so many different ancestors and mm -hmm. but there's a kind of there is a, a sort of Celtic racial um, bias, I suppose, from people that are attracted towards Druidry. Sure. They've generally got some Celtic ancestry mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, and uh, and, and uh, but there, but there's a uh, a great acceptance of belief in all in all you know in all paths and all traditions and 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 all creeds and colours and faiths and sexualities and and, mm -hmm. and modes of being essentially you know, there's a there's a an equality about it you know it's of, uh, is that what attracted you is that what attracted you mostly uh what attracted me mostly was it was, yeah. it was, a, it was an environmental spirituality yeah and that, and, I, and that well, I was i was a, i had a pagan heart and i still have and i'd grew up grown up in the woods and 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 it was sexy as well Mm. You know, so there was that, that element of you know being trained in 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 the craft and witchcraft. It's quite erotic. You know, there's a there's a kind of um, and and a healthy expression of one's sexuality within these traditions. You know, uh, and and adherence to that being sacred. Mm. And as one sees the landscape as sacred, one sees the the world and nature as sacred. One's also you know that that's within as well as without as within. So you see one's mm -hmm. own body and one's own nature as being sacred, and uh, so that was quite attractive as a sort of young lusty man. You know, sort of, oh yeah, this is sacred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look at all these lovely sacred people doing these wonderfully um, creative things, and uh, and uh, and and uh, and that 
sense of like the world is highly mechanized uh and i was sort of growing up within the art world and and my art was speaking about nature speaking about life and death and sex and everything in between and speaking about environmental causes and and after i left art college i you know i was offered like an ma at chelsea and i just didn't want to go i just thought this i was I was sort of uh, disillusioned with the art world. Just thought it's just just money spinning, mm-hmm. uh, navel gazing, artists in their studios, mm-hmm. uh, and people might wander around and look at their art, drinking wine for an evening, and that's it. You know what difference is it making the world? And, and I kind of came out of that and wanted to do something really physical and really. Mm-hmm. So I went. I went. Uh, I did a bit of art, and then I went went traveling and got involved in environmental projects and conservation projects and and uh have you seen a rise of yeah people maybe my generation getting more of an interest in shamanic traditions and yeah has, has there yeah been that's like... really refreshing it's great to see hmm. and support there what Why was happening th- when i was a young man you know there was a, there was a lot of young people getting involved in mm-hmm. paganism and then that, and then I noticed that there weren't very many, and now there are more, you know. And I think it's things like medicine festival and, and podcasts, <laughs> possibly podcasts, <laughs> and and uh, but more, it's a, yeah. a human experience of of uh, mm. of festivals and ceremonies mm-hmm. and pilgrimages and people meeting in groups, uh, doing magical ceremonial sacred things mm-hmm. and finding community through that and people have maybe gone traveling and seeking something sure and found spirit in other places because they've been disillusioned with the sort of western corporate capitalist ethic or whatever you know and then and then come back and realize oh it's, it's all here anyway and you just and we'll describe going, my journey and the jurors are just going yep yeah, here we are you know. <laughs> you know that's one of my axes to grind as well you, you, you see sort of you know yeah. Well respected, you know, elders sort of saying, you know, oh, we need to, we need to, we need to get in touch with our indigenous traditions again. And all, you know, and there's all these sort of druids and wiccans and witches and sorcerers in the back. And go, oh, excuse me, you know, we've been doing this most of our lives. Catch up, you know. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I went off travelling and yeah. after, after university and in search of something that I thought was out there, you know. Yeah. But it's it was in me and coming back and seeing the land in in a very different way, seeing the sky in a different way. And I was like, was it always like this? And I remember thinking traveling two years on the road just allowed the spaciousness to allow my heart to open essentially and just yeah, to witness yeah. and observe my reality inside mm-hmm. and out. And uh, I remember thinking when I was traveling, I was like, was the sky always like this or is it just here? And then coming back home and it being the same. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. okay, here we go. Yeah. But it, it was that. And then now I'm like, it's not anywhere else. It's 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 happening right underneath your feet, you know. Yeah, and, it, and you, that may not have happened if you hadn't gone travelling. You know? mm. But it could have happened if you went to Wales or something, or, just to, <laughs> or South End or yeah. Sea, or well, you know, or something. Could have happened, couldn't Absolutely. it? I suppose, but yeah. Mm. So that's that's something, and I guess there's a certain guilt. Do I feel a bit of guilt about it? You know, because you know, because so, of so many people in this country that are displaced or have displaced heritage, or, or, or mm-hmm. whose ancestors aren't necessarily celtic or even anglo-saxon you know so i i I do every now and again just have a slight guilt about that i've got this connection to this land and i can you know i can read 
feel some pride about that and deepen into the landscape and the, and the traditions and the stories of this land as I was on and so I think oh but, but here I am stood in a circle and and I'm and that's you know everything has a shadow you know and, and inspiration can become blinking you, know, you can be inspired by something and it can you can you can and, and you can not necessarily a zealot but you can become completely inspired in what, what what's good for you, you yeah you are so the trick is to kind of find your truth and act upon it but then be sensitive you know to everyone else is going to have a different one you know mm -hmm. and has and it comes from a different place and so that's what that's sort of where i'm at, at the moment i'm tend to be you know when i'm out doing outreach projects of involved in things and i'm sort of in, in circles of people that are british but but have very mixed heritage and and i feel like oh uh, uh oh yeah it's not just about me finding my roots and feeling really good about that because that's something that connects me to nature and the natural rhythms and the and the and the folklore and the culture here it's also about you you know finding honoring your ancestors wherever they might be from mm -hmm. you know, of course honoring the spirits of place and the flora and the fauna here and the folklore here and the stories and the and the and the wisdom traditions that have grown out of a, out of this place that we inhabit mm -hmm. um, but bring yours too you know they're, they're wonderful mm -hmm. is, it, is it is it super i'm framing the question connected to a lineage how yeah. can that really change things for you because it's something that i hear a lot and i'm curious to find out your kind of view of of, of how that can really help you even connect to yourself a little bit more like connecting to a lineage and right. just finding one that feels good you know like what's the yeah. well, what, what the kind of impacts of that for for people well, I mean, here's a lineage <laughs> you know it's norway spruce there you go there's a lineage in itself isn't it mm. they've been a norway spruce for however long and before that it was some kind of other kind of spruce and before you know but they're ancient they're these these trees that have this like they're wind-blown pollinators been around for a long long time before flowers before nectar before mm -hmm. honeybees these ancient ancient trees with cones and the trees with catkins uh, where were these grown savannah forest just just over the over the downs there mm -hmm. so there it is it doesn't have to be cultural yeah lineage and that's the real leveler. That's where we're all here together as people in a in a in a natural environment. And uh, mm. the round table is a lovely analogy, isn't it? You know, and we're all we're all on this round table, and we might and, and the, sometimes the art, the humbling art, is to be able to sit at the round table with someone who has a completely different and conflicting point of view to you and, and, and but how to sit there mm -hmm. and Amazing. still share the meal mm -hmm. you know and offer the cup and and know that you might never agree on stuff I don't think it's about agreeing is it it's about yeah. meeting someone where they're at and yeah. bringing your bringing your presence to that mm -hmm. and that's a part of this is podcast as well it's like it? how can we disagree <laughs> and in a healthy way yeah. and bring back that yeah. aspect of life and if this wasn't a podcast it would be it would be a colloquy amongst a hall full of people or or a meadow full of people or a, 
a church for the people or, or, or whatever it might be wouldn't it I mean mm -hmm. these are tools these are communication tools this is a communication tool and uh, and it's stopping us from knowing depends how you see it it's, 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 it's allowing us to know each other and to mm -hmm. you know spiritually masturbate and have nice chats about stuff but my kids are over there not sat on my knee having a cuddle you know your family over there you know the the you, i mean uh the person who sold the kids the bread this morning is that the walk they went to the shop is over there yeah. uh, and uh who knows who made these clothes are wearing they're still going to be there after the podcast yeah we yeah. can still invite them to the table. Dude, my dad made this table. Did he? My great grandfather made these chairs. Mm -hmm. uh, I built this house. My deceased friend Nick. Uh, this was his rug. So I don't know what am I trying to say. I'm trying to say that uh, there is that abstract sort of technology. Even books abstract us, and and mm -hmm. podcasts and books are made by and written by people that have slightly remembered how to live i'd say and a and a read and watched by people who've half forgotten how to mm. you know and i'd say that you know actually you know how to live i agree yeah this isn't about telling people who they should be or what they should do yeah it's just an invitation or, or even a modeling of like how do i want to live how do i want to have conversations and yeah. then just be that yeah and then as you know, as a father, it's like as a byproduct of living your truth. Yeah. It impacts those around you, those you love. Mm -hmm. And you you want to model something that you want to preach with your with yourself, <sighs> preach yeah. with your body, preach with what you wear, what you eat, you know? Mm -hmm. Not what you say. Saying, you know, words are kind of cheap, really, aren't they? As you've alluded to a few times. <laughs> it's in action. It's in what we do. It's right. in how we're living. So, yeah. Appreciate you coming on the podcast, brother. Yeah, <laughs> we can resume life. Yeah, <laughs> as we. No, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. it. I do enjoy it. You know, like the attention, of course, you know, and and feel valued somehow that you've asked me to be here, and mm -hmm. you know all those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you, man. Do you want to leave anything uh, with the audience, or any any places you want to point people to, gatherings, or what you're what you're doing this year? Like, what are you? Oh, I see. Uh, to plug anything? Any? Well, yeah, invite invite people to. Yeah. Uh, just pick. I don't know. You know that musical instrument you've always thought about learning. Mm -hmm. you know, just do it. And and you know if you're into gaming or podcast listening or whatever it is, you know instead of doing that, you could pick up the musical instrument and just learn another tune. <laughs> I'm gonna cut out this bit. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> So we could cut out this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Keep listening to the podcast. Now I'm really I want people to do what they want to do, you know, and I think that's a yeah. great invitation. That's a bit, or, yeah, and, and then again, get get into the garden, start grow some stuff. Yeah, grow some stuff. You know. Beautiful. In a pot or in a garden or in your friend's allotment, or, mm -hmm. or it could be yeah, and write a poem. When was the last time you wrote a poem? Mm. With a pen. And a piece of paper. <laughs> Still a technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just, or just conjure a poem and start speaking one. You know, that's the and, one. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Get together, start a little coven or a little group of people that meet once a week, or you know, to get together and just 
sit around that fire or that candle indoors and and uh, mm. yeah don't record it turn it into a podcast don't even take a photograph of it and put it on your social media account just just be with it and, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, understand yeah understand trees I mean, or do or if you have to go online go to www.druidry.org and uh, learn strategies to then mm -hmm. stay offline you know, and, and become if you're interested in druidry or native British wisdom traditions if you're slightest bit interested in bards and druids and ovates and, 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 and witches and wizards and, and, and the sort of native British ways then you couldn't go far wrong by uh, getting involved in the order of bards ovates and druids highly vouched for that that group and then from that that could be you know then be a departure point to immerse yourself and become versed in other other ways and and traditions of these aisles beautiful man yeah. thank you You're welcome did you want to share anything a song or, a, or maybe a story or anything that comes to mind I've got a child know. tugging at my yeah yeah you can my, um, get involved <laughs> say hey do you want to sing a song should we sing a song do you want to sing a song what should we sing? Mm. Uh, here we are. It's early January. Uh, mm. There's a song I used to sing you when you were going to sleep. Do you remember about an owl? Do you remember that? Yeah. It's a bit of a dirge. A dirge. It's a bit of a dirge. dirge. It's a bit dirgy, but do, do you remember it? Is it wise old owl? Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. Do you want to sing it with me? Or is it something else? Or should we sing that? That song we were singing the other night that goes with the dance. Here's, yeah, we could do that call and response one. So here's a, here's a song. I'll uh, respond. A, a, a friend George and Ben Ben. We were sat on Ben Ben sofa one one night, and George said, "Let's write a song." I said, "Okay, what should we do?" He said, well, "How about we go around just around the around the elements or the directions or something like that." And, and I thought, "Oh yeah, I know this. I know this old Breton tune that I've been learning." And so we put. We put this these words to this old Breton tune, mm -hmm. and it's a call and response, and it and it sort of goes round the circle of the of the directions and the elements and the and the seasons sort of three times. Mm -hmm. I could sing it, and you could sing it back to me. Let's do it. Yeah, should we do it? Should I get a guitar? Should I get a guitar as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Want to join in, Bonnie? So there's a song that goes around the elements and the seasons and uh, it's like cast a sort of tridentate sphere of, of magic around us and connects us to nature I guess a bit. You ready? So I'll, I'll sing it and you do the like, call and response. <laughs> Might be good Makes for your voice. <laughs> the bases sound pretty cool. Chris will sing it back to us. I'll sing it back to you. And it's set to an old Breton tune. And it actually goes with a dance as well called Antidro. It's nice to sing and dance together. Do the dance. East where the birds are calling. East where the birds are calling. South is the longest light. 
itself is the longest light. West where the stars are falling. West where the stars are falling. North is a mother night. North is a mother night. East where the birds are calling. East where the birds are calling. South is the longest light. South is the longest light. West where the stars are falling. West where the stars are falling. North is a mother night. North is a mother night. East where the birds are calling. East where the birds are calling. South is the longest light. South is the longest light. West where the stars are falling. West where the stars are falling. North is a mother night. North is a mother night. Spring and the seeds are sown. Spring and the seeds are sown. Summer is far and wide. Summer is far and wide. Autumn the harvest home. Autumn the harvest home. Winter our fireside. Winter our fireside. Spring and the seeds are sown. Summer is far and wide. Summer is far and wide. Autumn the harvest home. Autumn the harvest home. Winter our fireside. Winter our fireside. Springtime seeds are sown. Springtime seeds are sown. Summer is far and wide. Summer is far and wide. Autumn the harvest home. Autumn the harvest home. Winter our fireside. Winter our fireside. Breath of life is flowing. Fueling the fire within. Fueling the fire within. The lake of the heart is full. Lake of the heart is full. When in rhythm with the earth we sing. Breath of life is flowing. Breath of life is flowing. Fueling the fire within. Fueling the fire within. The lake of the heart is full. The lake of the heart is full. When in rhythm with the earth we sing. When in rhythm with the earth we sing. East where the birds are calling. East where the birds are calling. South is the longest light. South is the longest light. West where the stars are falling. West where the stars are falling. North is a Thanks for listening, people. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. This is the best zero-cost way to support. If this podcast is providing you value, please get further involved by donating as little as £3 a month over at my Patreon. If you do this, you will get free bonus content invited into a private WhatsApp group and jump on monthly calls to dive in to topics covered in recent episodes. Of course, only if you want to. In addition, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and leave a five-star review. This helps the podcast tremendously or send it to a friend or someone you know will benefit from this episode. If you have any of the questions, comments or people you'd love me to get on an interview or even topics you want me to cover, please say so in the comment section over at the YouTube channel, link in the description. Please check out the sponsors I mentioned at the beginning, two brands who I wholeheartedly support, World Soul Sandals and XL Coffee. For discount codes, links are in the description there is also a link in the description where you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter where i share musings and info about events and discounts if you want to share any episodes please do so over at instagram tag me in your stories the.chris.geisler thank you that is all thank you for your interest in conversations to help us all remember ways that once served us and redirect us back into connection with ourselves and the places we go